Hello, and welcome to Missing an Audience. In each episode, a different guest from the arts world will talk about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected their practice, how they see things changing going forwards, and about their memories of being part of or creating for audiences. Our aim with this podcast is to hear from and reach as many different people working or studying in the arts as possible, to connect over what we miss and have lost, what we have to look forward to, and what needs to change. We also hope to spread awareness of charities or arts groups struggling at this time. We need the arts, and we need audiences. Culture is for entertainment, protest, education, therapy, employment, inspiration and connection. It must survive. Our guest today is the artistic director of Big Telly Theatre, Zoe Seaton. Based in the coastal town of Port Stewart, Big Telly is one of Northern Ireland's most prolific, respected and long-running theatre companies, renowned for their touring, site-specific and participatory productions that put audiences and communities at the centre of their work. The founder of Big Telly, Zoe is highly regarded in the Irish theatre scene and was the recipient of an honorary doctorate from the University of Ulster for her contribution to the arts. During lockdown, Big Telly have supported artists and communities with online ensemble projects like Big Telly's Little Telly and their co-production of The Tempest with Creation Theatre, which was performed live and viewed by audiences in over 15 countries. Their upcoming version of Macbeth will be available on Zoom from the 14th to the 31st of October and will headline the Belfast International Arts Festival before a virtual transfer to Oxford. Hello, I'm Jake Leonard, the creator and host of this podcast, and I'm a freelance theatre director. So hi Zoe, thanks very much for joining us. How are you? I'm great, thank you for having me. Delighted to be here. So how has 2020 been for you so far? Well, it's been extraordinary. Big Telly, which is a company I'm um, artistic director of, was running six projects around the country, around Northern Ireland in March when the lockdown happened. And we used our very last day of being live to get everyone together and to experiment with um, what we called then isolation theatre. And we were working with everybody had phones and they were in different rooms and we were holding phones out the window and putting phones in boxes and taking them on journeys, playing around with that. And then as soon as we went into lockdown, we still honoured our contract, which meant we had um, a lot of actors on the payroll. I phoned Lucy in creation and I had directed The Tempest for them as a game the previous year. And I phoned her and said, and she had, they had to postpone a show as well, The Time Machine. And I said, look, between us, we have got all of the cast of The Tempest and an operation elsewhere which was a game that Big Telly had done the year before and I said so why don't we do them on Zoom and because Lucy is um, always up for a challenge she said absolutely so we started rehearsing straight away and we opened uh, three weeks into lockdown and we had our I think our second show it was reviewed by The Guardian and got a great review and then it was reviewed by the New York Times the Financial Times um, and we were New York Time Out 
um, we were getting this kind of coverage all over the world, which was amazing for us. And it sold out and it went really well and people really enjoyed it. And, you know, the feedback we got from people was that what they loved about it was the sense of being in a community of strangers. So our work is very interactive because it's live and the audience are featured within the show. And the response we were getting from people was, you know, it's all very well on Zoom to meet your family or have a quiz. But this is about being in a community of strangers and being playful together and, and it's about co-creation. And I think our work's always like that. You know, in the real world, if audiences are in a theatre watching a big telly show, they might get a text from an actor going, get out the front, I've ordered a car, I need you to go to my house and collect something. So we're always interested in breaking the fourth wall and playing around with that. Um, and I suppose this form is no different. You know, we're interested in in people feeling part of it. And, and I think what was surprising was how different the audience, the culture of the audience behavior is on Zoom compared to in the real world. So we would say during the Tempest, Ariel said to people, I'm going to ask you to make bird sounds because we need to pretend we're in a jungle. We didn't know if people would do it or not. And then you look in gallery view and not only are people making bird sounds, they're perched on the back of their sofas. They're getting ready to fly. Um, people's level of commitment and I mean, the wonderful thing about Zoom is you can turn your camera off at any time. So it's all on an audience's terms. People feel very free to be playful. And that's been a joy. We did a show called Operation Elsewhere, where at one point the um, actress said to people, I'm going to need you. If you've got war paint, can you put it on now? And people went and got mustard and ketchup and got covered in stuff. <laughs> and we used to get like messages from the audience going, the show is over. My house is a mess. Thanks a bunch. <laughs> And I think it's that that has been the kind of USP of our work really is that you're actually having an experience that you're present at, but you also have complete control. You can turn your camera off and go to the loo or get a cup of tea. Was it like anything you'd done before in terms of the sort of practical side of it? I mean, very like our games work. So Big Tilly makes games, the mm. game theatre, and that is where an audience arrive and there's maybe only eight of them, but they have a mission and they have stuff to go do and they have to break into a building and they quite often, we've been really lucky, we've had work with the police on them and the police have like interviewed people and checked that their cover stories are intact and you know uh, buildings have let us pretend to break in and change the codes and so I'm really interested in the kind of individual audience experience and how they feel they've actually gone through something and had as much fun as they want to have and been as playful as they want to, to be. So what sort of feedback have you been getting from audiences? Our last show I think was seen in 15 different countries and we've been getting you know growing an international audience which has been really exciting and made lovely you know connections between some university departments and theatres in New York and LA. Emails from people saying you know I live in Vancouver I can't leave my flat because I'm disabled your work has given me a piece of joy or people saying you know my uh, children are autistic and they can't cope with the formality of a theatre institution thank you for letting us share this as a family you know mother's saying I'm breastfeeding uh, and I can't leave the house but that you know so I think it's been extraordinary how much more accessible it's made our work it's a great way of getting it of making theatre more accessible because when a lot of people think about theatre they think of it as a room that you go and sit in and watch something happen but it can be so much more than that Absolutely. And I think that's what makes us feel like this kind of interactive digital theatre, you know, is a new, is a different art form. It's a different offer and it will, you know, remain long after lockdown. I think this ability to make a piece of theatre, which actually makes connections and you're talking to somebody 
and you're playing with somebody and they're, you know, with Macbeth, our next show, we're kind of have a very different relationship with the audience and, you know, feels like there's a myriad of possibilities of, of where we can go with that. So with Macbeth, you're going to be headlining the Belfast International Theatre Festival, which is, you know, amazing. Congratulations. Tell us a little bit about the show. Prior to lockdown, we were going to make Macbeth and it was going to be in a derelict warehouse and it was called the Witch's House. And the audience arrived and they were in the Witch's House and they got co-opted onto kind of missions and stuff to achieve what the witches want to achieve. Down. And then when lockdown happened um, and we started making work on Zoom, it just seemed really obvious to make it on Zoom. We have a cast of five and we have the three witches who basically mess up the whole world. Have They're kind of in a Truman-esque kind of reality. So they're in their own homes and then they get messages saying that there, you know, there are superstitions and they, uh, there are predictions. And obviously, as in the play, there are huge choices open to them and then they go down a certain direction and they end up in a world which is, who knows if it's real or not, you know, they go on a journey and I suppose we're interested in the contrast between the domestic and the epic. What's it like to go from living in a house to being in a palace? And we also decided that because we're locked down and theatres are closed, that the place where the witches would decide to base themselves is obviously a theatre. We've taken footage of a real theatre to use. We see the witches in the fly tower and in the dressing room and in the auditorium. There's a whole piece in it I just call this, we're going to make this a love song to theatre. And it's about how beautiful theatres are and how special they are and how much magic is in them and how much we miss them. One of the main things that we talk about on the podcast is audience experiences. And so what stories would you like to share with us of significant audience experiences you've had? I mean, since lockdown, I suppose a lot of our stories are about how generous people are in terms of letting us into their homes. Obviously, we're creating a world and we're asking people to come and step into our world, but we're also asking them to let us into theirs. Big Telly's always been interested about reaching an audience who may consider themselves not to be theatre goers. So a few years ago, we did a production of The Little Mermaid in swimming pools, and we were deliberately trying to reach an audience who would go to leisure centres but might not go to theatre. Because we're based outside, and um, we're based in a tiny, tiny town, which is nowhere near Belfast and Derry, and most of the kind of arts activity in Northern Ireland happens in Belfast and Derry. We're very keen to make work outside theatre buildings as well as inside. We have a beautiful local theatre, which we work closely with as well. So we've made work on the beaches, in the sea, and in swimming pools and we're kind of quite water obsessed one of the other things that we talk about on the podcast is charities because it is a charitable podcast so what's your chosen charity so my chosen charity is the rnli and that's because we are in a coastal area we've done so many things in the water we did little mermaid and swim clothes but we also had mermaids in the coast for a tourism ireland video and we're actually about to shoot a scene um, in the water this evening involving some of the cast of Macbeth. i hope we won't need the rnli we do have a dive team in attendance so and anything that keeps people safe is important to us. I'm really looking forward to this Macbeth, I have to say. I I couldn't be more blessed, I have to say. You know, and even at the read-through, I was going, do you know what, if it doesn't get much better than this, we're on a winner because they're so compelling, so different from each other. And also, it's so lovely to hear Shakespeare in, like, not everybody's Irish, but three of them are. Really interesting to, to what it does to it, to hear it in those regional accents as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, obviously I'm not Irish, but but I'm also from the regions and it's it's a rare and great treat to hear Shakespeare performed in a regional accent. It's much better. <laughs> well, that's what it was written for, wasn't it? Thank you so much for taking part. Thank um, you so much, Jake. Thank you for listening to Missing an Audience. 
hosted by Jake Leonard, with music by Dave Morris, publicity design by Ben Hollands, and voiceover by Rebecca Klee. We'd love to hear your favourite audience experiences and how COVID-19 has affected you. So feel free to get in touch with us on Twitter at MissingAnord. If you want to donate or find out more about the charities our guest was talking about, you can find the links in the description below. In the meantime, keep safe, keep well, and be kind. Next time, we're joined by playwright, director, and founder of Extant Theatre Company, Maria Ashodi. Being blind and sitting on my own, a lot of the way that I negotiate my existence in the world is dependent on systems being in place. And often in the back of my mind, I used to think, God, what would happen if all this went? What would happen? And suddenly, that's exactly where we were in March. There were times when I was like in supermarkets lit up by war zones. There was a lot of reaching out from strangers. But in terms of people nearby, you know, geographically, it was kind of a strange kind of panic that was going on where everyone was just kind of drawing up the drawbridge. So it was a kind of a weird time.